What is going on, Bullpen Bros family? This is your host, as always, Matty C, back with a bonus episode. You guys, it finally happened. Wednesday afternoon, we finally struck a deal to where we have baseball back. Oh man, it feels so good to say those words again. We have baseball back. It is planned to go down. Spring training is going to be right around the corner. We got off season now. We got trades. We got free agency signings. All the good stuff of all the baseball that we know and love is finally back. Gosh dang, it feels so good to come up with those words. Oh man. Guys, I can't tell you how excited I am. I mean, if you can't tell in my voice already, I'm excited to say that baseball is back. Um, it was a long time coming. You know, um, we had a little bit of a teaser last week where the players in the MLB um, were close to reaching an agreement and then things fell through to where the players didn't necessarily like what the MLB was offering. And so then they sent a counter proposal. You know, it was a lot of back and forth and ultimately ended in a deal, which then led to the Tuesday deadline. And as of, t- I mean, as of today's recording, games were actually suspended, you know, um, games were suspended. We were supposed to lose another week, I believe, of regular seasons, um, where opening day was set to be right before Jackie Robinson Day, I believe it was April 16th to where the day was set, um, where baseball would have came back. And yet, here we are. We finally got baseball back. We're set to have opening day on April 7th. Um, players are to report by uh, mandatory Mandatory to be at their camps by March 13th. Um, so we're getting right into this thing, guys. You know, uh, everyone's to report there. I'm pretty sure a lot of them are probably already there and um, ready to get started. I know a lot of MLB players um, throughout the day came out with tweets sharing how excited they are to finally be back. Um, you know, you got we got player profile pictures back. Now that the lockout's over, I saw Tyler Wade post a uh, picture of him in an Angels uniform. All these guys that have new clubs prior to the deadline or prior to the lockout now have pictures out there. Glass um, saw a picture of Glaber Torres going and going uh, to get shave for the clean shave policy in New York. Um, I'm just excited, guys. I'm excited to have baseball back. And um, so for today's episode, guys, I know this is a little different. You're not used to having two episodes of me. Um, for this episode, I thought it was special, and I thought we had to get a episode out explaining what all went down. Some of the things that went on in the agreement, um, touch on a few things, because um, there's some interesting interesting things that went down. You know, we got um, the minimum salary went up. Um, there's bonus compensation now. Remember, we talked about that to where I had hoped they would do that to where there's like a performance-based, um, incentive-based type thing. Um, something similar to that went in. So I'm very excited to talk about that. Um even rewarding younger players, you know, helping the younger uh, superstars. Um, you know, we have a 12-team playoff, a draft lottery, universal DH, nine-inning games um, and doubleheaders if they need to happen. Um, no runners in ex- uh, no runners starts on second. Thank God in extra innings. That finally went away. I hated that. Um, you know, and then we're going to talk a little bit more. Um, about the pitch clock policy, you know, I want to touch base on that again. I know we talked about it last episode, but, um, listening back to it, I kind of felt like I didn't fully touch on the things that I needed to. Um, so I'm going to reiterate that a little bit today and give you guys my full in-depth thoughts on that a little bit more. Um, but with that being said, guys, let's get started. You know, um, I'm not going to try to keep you guys too long. We're going to try to just do a little bonus episode, get you guys caught up on what the heck's going on in baseball, and then we'll move on. Um. But with the, to get started, 
Um, I want to talk about how they're going to reward younger players now. You know, um, it said that the top prospects who finished first or second in the league in the rookie of the year race will now be granted a full year of service. As well as teams that promote top prospects to the opening day roster will be eligible to receive draft picks with top three rookie of the years and top five MVP slash Cy Young finishes. So that right there, guys, is very, very big because if you look back at some of the old, um, I'm going to try to pull it up here. If we pull up some of the past MLB Rookie of the Year winners, you know, right away, the ones that pop up in my head are like uh, Jordan, Jordan Alvarez from the Houston Astros. You know, Jordan, he didn't play a full season. I don't know if many of you guys know that, but he didn't play a full season in the major leagues. Um, pulling up his stats, he won Rookie of the Year in 2019. He only played 87 games, guys. And he had 27 home runs, hit 313. you know, absolutely crazy year. But he didn't play a full year. And right now, um, when I went to go look at it, his service time as of right now is at two years, 113 days. And typically, um, now now with the new deal, I'm not sure what the arbitration is, if they were able to get that year back. Um, I forgot to look that up. But if he had three years of service time, um, he would be a year away, I believe, from arbitration to where he was able to get paid a little bit more. Um, however, he's still... At that two-year mark, so I don't, like I said, I don't know if they were able to get a new arbitration deal done to where they're able to hit it earlier or anything like that. Um, but like I said, they have that performance incentive base now. Um, well, this to where it helps reward people, and then I know there's a bonus pool to where if uh, players like do really well throughout the season, they're able and eligible to get more money. Excuse me, um, but I thought this was huge for the game, guys. Because, like I said, with Jordan, he didn't play a full year in the major leagues when he won the Rookie of the Year. So now allowing them now to get a full year of service time added on to their um, added on to their careers, that's going to be huge down the line. Because now we look at these guys. I mean, shoot, if you even want to go back, look at Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa didn't play a full season with the Astros when he won in 2015. In 2015, he batted tw- uh, 279 with 22 homers and 68 uh, RBIs. He didn't play a full season. He only played 99 games with the Astros before he ended up winning. And he is just now a free agent. Put that in perspective, guys. So in 2015, that's he went through 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Six full years before he was finally able to hit that free agent mark. Like put that in perspective. One of the top free agents in the game right now, who's been a top player in the league in those in those years, he is just now a free agent because of the service time. You know, the ninety nine games that he had, he could have been a free agent probably last year, but now he's just hitting that market. So that's kind of the that's a big perspective. I'm happy I was able to find that example because that's a kind of a big picture that we can uh, look to now. You know, and be able to see like, oh crap, yeah, you're right. Like if it wasn't for that um, the, the if he was able to hit arbitration earlier, he could have been a free agent last year, but due to that year of service, he wasn't able to. So I'm really happy that the MLB finally decided to go and award these type of players and give them a full year of service for being the top guys in the game. You know, the rookie of the years, the signings, MVPs. That is huge. I am really, really happy that they went out and did that, as well as um, 
you know, going out and awarding the awarding the roster for them to be on the full roster and getting picks from it potentially because Aaron Judge played didn't play the full season. I want to say he played a hundred and let me look it up here. I know he played like close to a hundred games his rookie year. Um, that's not what I want to pull up. Oops. So his rookie season, he came up and played 155 games. So in his senior, I mean senior, in his rookie season, he played 155 games for the Yankees, and he won the rookie of the year that year. And so with that being said, the Yankees would have been eligible to receive draft picks. Not only that, but he would also have been rewarded that full year of service. So I'm really happy that they went on and did this because I think it only helps <clears throat> helps younger players get up to the league faster, such as a lot of the guys that we have coming up. You know, all the young prospects that I've been talking about that can go win a spot out of out of camp, like Bobby Wood Jr. You know, if he goes out, starts um, starts off on that opening day roster. You know, that gives teams incentives now to where they can potentially go get a draft pick, and not only that, but it helps Bobby Wood Jr. in the future as well. And, you know, they can't keep sending him up and down, up and down to try to preserve that service time because that's what a lot of teams would do, too, is if they knew that they were getting to that close um, kind of that in-between line of um, hitting that service mark time, they would send him back down, give him a little bit of time in the minors until they found that, okay, well, he's too good now for us to really keep him down there. Let's bring him up and we'll just deal with the service time now. You know, they would try to fluctuate it to where, it worked out more in the ball club's favor as opposed to the player's favor. So now, now I'm happy that if they perform, they're going to get rewarded for it and they're going to be able to get compensation for it. Um, so I thought that was huge in today's um, agreement that they did because, like I said, they kept fighting for the younger players. They kept fighting for the guys that are young stars in the game that aren't necessarily getting the love and grat- um, gratitude that they deserve to have. You know, they're amongst the big game, big name stars in the MLB. They deserve to get paid like it and deserve to get awarded for being those type of guys. Um, so that's one thing that I agreed upon that I liked that they did and they went out and fought for. Um, the second thing, um, what was crazy to me is that the minimum salary jumped really, really substantially. There's a big gap now. According to what this website says, the minimum salary that the players received last year was 570000 Okay. It jumped all the way to be able to range from seven hundred thousand to seven hundred and eighty thousand, eighty thousand, which is a drastic jump. Um, so that's the minimum salary they agreed upon. Um, I know originally the players had a couple. Uh, either it was last week, I think it was in last week's negotiation talks, they had pitched six hundred thousand, and for them for, to go from six hundred thousand to seven hundred thousand, um, I would say the players won this part because that's huge. Um, for a lot of the guys that received that minimum salary. Um, and then in addition to that, like I said, they went on and added the draft lottery system. So the draft lottery system, I assume, is going to be a lot like um, the NBA to where you, they all get all the teams get put. They all have an even chance of getting put in the, um, the lottery, and they're going to pick the teams um, out of random selection on who get the top six picks. You know, I think the players had originally, or the owners originally had proposed three, and then I think the players had had originally proposed eight. So I think with them coming in between those two numbers, I think they met common ground with six, um, I would assume, when new in negotiations. 
And that's what they landed on, which I'm 100% okay with. You know, I think that te- um, keeps teams from taking and kind of giving up on the season, um, such as like the Orioles, the uh, Pirates, and all these teams that necessarily haven't had great years um, as of late. This prohibits them from being able to tank and, you know, try to get those top picks year after year because ultimately that's going to lead to superstars. Uh, I mean, like you said, no one has a crystal ball to predict, like, whose future is going to pan out more than the other. You know what I mean? But um, this gives you a higher potential possibility if you were to tank. It's kind of similar to the NFL. You know, you got, um, you know, the tank for Trevor Lawrence, the tank for Tua. Um, You know, you got all these teams that always tank for a franchise quarterback. Um, you know, that's what the MLB kind of wants to avoid. And I think that's good. I think that's going to be good for the game and making it a lottery system to where it's even an even playing field. You know, um, I believe it's the teams that don't make the playoffs are all eligible for, um, the lottery. I could be mistaken. Don't quote me on that, but that's what I believe it is. Um, like I said, I think it's big for the game. I think that's a good step in the right direction. Um, it's a good start to grow in the sport, you know, and I think that's big. Um, next off, as we already know, we have the universal DH. Um, this is another thing I was really happy that we're going to be implementing this year. Um, because solely because I've given my thoughts on this before, I'll kind of retouch it since this is a bonus episode. This might be your first episode you were listening to. And if it is, thank you guys for listening. I'm hoping you guys enjoy this. Go listen to past episodes. I just got done doing a full divisional breakdown of the whole major leagues. So first episode was the AL East. And then we just finished off with the NL West. Um, so Go tune in. Go check those out. Those are all live and streaming on all platforms. Um, whatever platform you're listening to, listening to this episode on, be sure to go check that out. Um, but with that being said, I'm going to touch on the Universal DH a little bit. I thought this was big for the game um, just because as a pitcher, um, we don't ever really hit. I mean, we don't, haven't. I haven't swung a bat and been in a competitive at-bat since I was in high school. And even then, it was probably my sophomore, junior, my Junior summer, I would say, going into my summer or my junior season, um, where I had my last at bat. Um, but as pitchers, whenever we're pre-O's, we really don't worry about hitting. You know, I think the only reason why the NL pitchers would have batting practice is because they would practice putting down butts, because that's really all you would do in the on the plate. If you were to go to the plate, you would literally either stand there, put a bunt down to advance a guy, or that's pretty much it. You know, unless you're a bum gardener or one of these pitchers I'd love to hit, that's pretty much what you always did. And with this universal DH, I think it provides a lot of entertainment value, one, and I think it provides a lot of offensive value. You know, I think with adding this DH, you're adding in that extra bat and allows you to go out and manufacture runs, you know. Um, You know, I'd rather have a guy that knows what he's doing at the plate and is able to handle the bat in a second and third, two outs, um, seventh inning, sixth inning ball game, to where this could be the turn of the game, you know, whether we're trailing one one or trailing a run, um, games tied up one, we need an insurance run, um, whatever the case may be. I'd rather have a guy at the plate that's going to be able to give me something, as opposed to worrying about the matchup as opposed and trying. To, actually, let's do this. We'll go early on in the game. You know, we're able to strike first. Um, Key situation in the ballgame, like I said, and we have a pitcher up there who's either going to stand there or put a bun down or strike out. You know, I don't want that. I'd rather have a competitive at-bat throughout the whole entire ballgame, you know, knowing that nine holes coming up, whether it's a guy that just gets on base or the middle of the order guy that you have at DH. Um, 
it just provides the entertainment value and probably allows more offense. Offense, you know, I don't want to see Trevor Bauer just standing in the box and, you know, doing what he did with the Indians where he imitated uh, Kempes and then he imitated Alves and all these guys. Like, I don't want to see that. I'd rather see a competitive at-bat, you know, and doing this University 8 DH, it allows that to happen. Um, not only that, though, guys, I think this market for the free agency is going to open up drastically. Because now you have a lot of guys such as Nelson Cruz, um, Kyle Schwarber, you know, these guys that necessarily can't play defense. Um, they're, they have more of a market now um, to where now they give them that flexibility to where not only can they play the field, they can also just go to a team in DH, you know, an NL team um, that best suits them. They can go in DH if Schwarber wanted to go reunite with the Cubs, like I had mentioned in my episode. Um, he can because now he doesn't necessarily have to play the field every day. He can go out in DH. He can play the field. He has a lot of flexibility flexibility now to where it helps that club's ball club and allows them to know what to do with them. You know, same thing with Nick Cassianos. You know, it gives the team an ability to put him in the outfield or have him DH. Nelson Cruz, it opens up his market to where he can go to an NL team in DH. I love this for the game because I think it's going to be really big for not only the players, but this game as far as an offensive and enter- entertainment value. I think this gives the... And will be a huge boost, and it should draw a lot of people to the sport because of that. Um, another thing on top of that, I like that they took off runners on second base. When they implemented this, I wasn't a huge fan of it because I thought it was Little League. You know, this is stuff we do in Little League Baseball to kind of just get the game to end. And I believe that's what they implemented this for, was for that purpose to... Just get the game over with so we didn't have these long extra inning games. But, you know, that's what makes the game exciting. You know, I I talk about all the time to where I don't want the game to change. Stop making rule changes and adding pitch clocks like we're going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, you know, adding these things that doesn't make the game of baseball baseball. You know, if you want to watch the game of baseball, watch it for what it is. You know, I don't want to see at the start of extra innings a guy starting on second base because that's just it just doesn't make sense to me you know um given i think it did provide a little bit of an advantage if you were to start out and you had a lights out bullpen it did provide a little bit of of an advantage um to one team but i didn't like it you know i never was um i would rather just play straight up baseball you know get in the box get a guy on move him over score him you know try to beat me Type thing, you know. I love those extra inning ball games, but like I said before in the last episode, I'm also a big fan of zero zero ball games and seeing it go down all the way to the wire. So it would make sense as far as I go, as my point of view, um, to why I like those games. But as someone that likes to see offense, I kind of get I can see that side of the thing as well as far as starting a runner on second base because then you might be able to see a run come in, um, especially if it's a zero zero ball game. So I can see that aspect. Uh, but I'm excited they got rid of it. I didn't think it need it was needed because, um, like I said, I love those type of matchups. Um, another thing that they that they added um, in COVID, you saw this a little bit more in COVID year to where when there was a double header, they would play seven inning games. Um, so you would see guys go out and throw a complete game, no hitter, but it was a seven inning game or a complete game, seven inning shutout, whatever the case may be. Um, the MLB decided to change that. So if they're going to need to do a makeup game and do a double header on a, on a day, it is going to be a nine inning game, which I think is really good. Um, it's going to be a long game, the long day. Uh, 
We've been through those. If you are a JUCO product, a JUCO bandit, you know those grueling nine-inning games, um, doubleheaders, you know, fall balls. That's all we ever did. Show up to the ballpark at 7 o'clock in the morning, 8 o'clock in the morning, leave the ballpark 10 o'clock at night after doing all your uh, the mound work, whatever you had to do. We were leaving that ballpark late and driving home late. Um, but you know what? It's part of the game, you know, and I think it was good for the game of baseball to implement the nine innings as opposed to doing the seven, um, just because I think it's more rewarding value and shows more of a grueling type competitiveness, you know, who can beat, who can beat each other about to back nine inning games, you know, the best thing, best thing that's ever said in baseball. The hardest thing about winning a doubleheader is winning the first one. So taking a game by game, by game moving on pitch by pitch, you know, managing your bullpens, you know, it's a very big strategic strategy. On how are you going to use it? Are you going to use um, Chapman in the first game? If you're, if I'm the Yankees manager, am I deciding to use Chapman in the first game, or am I going to go and go with Luis Gill instead, or put Luis Siega in there, or um, Zach Britton? You know, there's a lot of things you got to ramble through, and I think that's really big for this game because it, it does provide that more in-depth strategic move. Um, so I really like that they did that, um, and then lastly. Uh, they implemented a 12-team playoff. I was very shocked when they did this. Um, just because, for me, it kind of came out of left field. I did not know this was part of their discussions that they were trying to talk about. Like, the money part of it, we kind of knew was going to come. Um, you know, the salary part, we knew that was going to jump. We knew that they were going to implement the Universal DH. Um, all these different things that we've heard about. Um, the new, bigger bases that they proposed. It's not set in place. The pitch clock, it was proposed. It don't, as far as I believe, as far as I know, it is not um, going to be this year. I think they were proposing it to be the following year in 2023, is I think what I read. Um, but I mean, play, the expanded playoffs was, I think, is going to be interesting because if we look at last year's um, playoff race, you know, the AL East was very tight and the deci- deciding game came down to the wire between the Yankees and the Blue Jays to where it was a game that decided whether or not the Yankees were going to be in or the Blue Jays were going to be in. You know, it came down to the very end, and they decided to go to a 12-team playoff. So in this aspect, the Rays are in. You know, the Rays are in the playoffs. Um, I'm going to go through the whole entire bracket of what it would look like um, because I was kind of curious to know what it would look like as well. Um, So I have it down on paper to where I have the exact matchups we would have had, the buys, um, and who would have played who. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to jump right into that. So on the AL side, we talk about it being an interesting division. So at the number one seed, we would have had the Tampa Bay Rays um, as the number one seed, and since they had the best record in baseball, um, I, as far as the AL side, I'm saying. Um, the two seed would have been the Astros because they, out of the, all the division winners, they had the second best record. Um, the three seed would have been the White Sox. The four seed would have been the Red Sox. Five seed would have been the Yankees, and the six seed would have been the Blue Jays. So in this instance, the three play the six, so the White Sox would have played the Blue Jays. The four play the five, so we would have, we wouldn't have had a difference in matchup there. It still would have been the Yankees uh, Yankees Red Sox series. Um, but from there, the winner of the Red Sox Yankees game would have went on to play the Rays, and the winner of the White Sox Blue Jays game would have went on to play the Astros, which is very interesting. So the one seed plays either the four or the five seed, 
and then the two seed plays either the three or the six seed. Um, thought that was very interesting on how they kind of decided to do that. Um, the one that I'm really happy that they did this for is definitely the NL, just because of the way the Giants season ended last year. You know, they had the wild card game, and they played the Dodgers, and they lost. Um, the best team in baseball, you know, the the team that came out of nowhere, had a Cinderella story the whole year, wasn't supposed to be there, got in and got out real quick. Um, you know, and we shouldn't have had that. I think a lot of people that we talked to, no matter which baseball fan you're talking to, or no matter who you're talking, baseball fan you're talking to, will say that that should have been either a championship series or a divisional series. You know, that shouldn't have decided what occurred. You know what I mean? Like, that should have been a, play, a legitimate playoff game. Um, and with this, we actually do get that. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So with that being said, the one seed in the NL would have been the Giants. The two seed would have been the Brewers. The three seed would have been the Braves. The four seed would have been the Los Angeles Dodgers. The five seed would have been the Cardinals. And then the three and the six seed would have played each other. So you would have had a Braves-Reds matchup. And then the four and the five would have played each other to where the Dodgers and Cardinals would have played each other. Same thing as the NL, the Giants would have played the four or the five seed, so they would have played either the Dodgers or the Cardinals. And then same thing goes, two seed would have played either the Braves or the Red Sox. I mean, not the Red Sox, the Reds. Excuse me. Um, but I like that because now we get that matchup we wanted to see, and it's a best of three series for that first series. You know, it's not a, just a win and go home um, like the wild card used to be. Um, you know, they got rid of the tiebreaker as well, so... If divisions are tied, it goes off of, um, I believe it's a winning percentage on the road and the head-to-head -head matchup. So if they were to have a, um, a tied head-to-head -head matchup, it would now go into their record or their winning percentage on the road, I believe is what it was, um, which I like. You know, I like this expanded playoff. I'm very excited to see how it's going to work and um, what teams we're going to have in it this year. You know, um, I think it provides more of an entertain entertainment value. And, you know, this is the, the direction I want the game of baseball to go. Um, you know, leading into this next topic, you know, with this playoffs, um, you're giving everyone kind of a more entertainment value. You're doing more for the fans. You're giving them more baseball, which I think is really, really good um, because it provides more insight, more entertainment, more, um, you know, just, you know, viewership. You know, it gets more eyes on baseball because now we have an expanded playoff to where, which means that we're going to have expanded postseason. You know, it's going to start earlier or um, either starts earlier or ends later, you know, which is going to be very fun to watch because now we get baseball a lot longer into the year than what we normally do. Um, but with that being said, though, this is the type of stuff that I'm talking about doing the right things about for baseball. You know, the universal DH, the nine-inning doubleheaders, the no-runners starting on second, um, the playoffs, you know, this is all great for the game. In my opinion, um, you know, but, you know, when I hear about that proposed pitch clock, that's kind of the thing where I look back and I'm like, you know what, I just, I can't get into it. You know, I can't dive into the whole idea of having, um, you know, 19 seconds for a runner on and 17 seconds. Hold on, let me double check that time real quick. One second. That's not it. That's not it either. 
Okay, 14 seconds with the bases empty and 19 seconds with the runner on. Um, you know, they did this in the minor leagues, and in a report it said that it shaved off 20 minutes off of the game. And you know what? In my opinion, if you can't stand to watch that extra 20 minutes in a ball game, then don't, like I said, that's not the viewership we need. You know, it's 20 seconds more in a ball game. I believe there's... I want to look up, actually. I remember seeing a graphic. See if I can find it. Um, as far as the time of action in a football game versus a baseball game. And I really want to see what the difference is. Because I want to say I was very shocked when I saw this. Um, let's see if I can find it. I don't know if I can off the rip. Um, so in the time of action, the number of um, time of action in a football game is 15 to 20 minutes. There's about an average of 18 minutes of action in an MLB game. So there's not much time of difference between an NFL game and a baseball game. I know it may seem like there is because there's a lot of things that go on in between. But when you come down to the you know the nitty gritty the nitty gritty of it. There's not much of a difference, you know, it's an 18, 20 minute, like, that's just, that's not enough for you to really, you know, and you, there's not a lot there for you to decipher between, and you don't see the NFL going out of their way and changing their rules and um, making this, the game go by faster, you know what I mean, you don't see them eliminating the kickoff, which I think actually they proposed that before, um, eliminating the kickoff, you know, taking away the field goal to where they, they get an automatic seven points, um, you know, no fort, no, you can't go for it on fourth downs, eliminated punts. You know, you just place it, um, let's say like 50 yards on the other side of the field. You know, I don't know. Like, I'm just throwing stuff out there. But, you know, you don't see the NFL trying to make these rule changes to implement a faster game because if you want to watch the game of football, you're going to sit there and watch the game of football. You know, you don't care how long it takes, you don't care what is going on in the game. You're there to legit watch the Cowboys play. Well, probably not most of you because a lot of you probably don't like the Cowboys, but I do, okay? <laughs> um, I'm sitting there watching the Dallas Cowboys run up the gut with 10 sec 12 seconds left on the clock. I'm doing that. I'm putting myself through misery because that's the game I want to watch, you know? And that's the same game that I expect MLB fans wanting to go watch, you know? And if you want to make this game more appealing to viewers, more appealing to fans, more appealing to the younger audience, well... Then make baseball games more affordable to go to. Lower the cost of concessions because I shouldn't have to go pay $15, $20 for a hot dog and a soda. You know, that's just ridiculous. You know, it's, I can do that cheaper outside of the stadium. But the fact of the matter is these, these people see it and they're like, you know what? You're inside of the game. You're going to go pay $15 for an alcoholic beverage. Um, you're going to go pay $12 or $15 for a souvenir soda. You know, there's, it's just it's just some of these concessions concessions are just ridiculous, and you want to make it more family friendly, then do the things that family that's family friendly friendly. Lower the cost of parking, lower the cost of concessions, tickets. Um, you know, provide different things throughout the year that give families the ability to go and do certain things. You know, um, a player meet and greet, or you know, you have a lot of different things you can do. To try to build back that revenue that you might be losing, but do make the game more appealing. You know, 
and block and uh, blockout as far as games in your area. Um, you know, make MLB TV more affordable. Make it to where I don't pay a hundred and thirty a season or twenty five a month for me to go and subscribe to MLB TV. Make it more accessible for people to see it because that's how you're going to get your viewership. That is how people are going to get eyes on these players. You know, um, have special channels maybe to where you're able to see um, a player's point of view. You know, where um, kind of like similar to the NFL did with the Manning bar, pod, uh, broadcast. You get their inside analysis on a lot of things. You know, and we've never kind of started that a little bit, which I think was good. Um, I thought that was a really good start, um, you know, but do things differently to try to make the game more appealing, you know, um, give a bullpen's view um, of the game. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I, not a, I have ideas, but I mean, there's just different things you can do other than doing a pitch clock that would make this game more appealing and more exciting for fans, I think, and, in order, and implementing a pitch clock just isn't it for me. I think there's other ways to go about doing it, and I would love to see the MLB take the time and actually analyze the things that they can do as opposed to just making the game go quicker because I don't think limiting, taking off 20 minutes of the game is really going to do much. Um, it's either you want to watch the game or you don't. Um, that's just my opinion, though, guys. Like I said, I'm always up for a discussion and um, debate. Um, I love talking, so... Always reach out to me and let me know your guys' thoughts on these episodes. Um, that's one of my biggest things I encourage my fans to do. Um, so be sure to go out and do that. Send me in fan questions, guys. This next uh, episode I have planned out, we're going to go over awards. We're going to look o- um, look over um, potential rookie of the years, MVPs, Cy Youngs. Um, and now with this 12-team playoff bracket, shoot, I might even just try to make a bracket myself. And considering we're in March, you know, we got college basketball now. We got March Madness going on. I might just make a bracket myself and try to do a very, very early um, playoff bracket and see who I have coming out on top based off of my breakdowns, uh, my division winners that I've picked. Um, We're going to come down with the winner. You know, I'm going to give myself a World Series champion. And like I said, stay stay on the lookout, guys. I'm going to have a special guest with me. Um, So be on the lookout for that. Other than that, guys, um, thank you guys for tuning into this bonus episode. I'm happy I was able to get you guys um, some lockout news. Um, just to get you guys up to date, just in case you guys didn't know what was going on, um, some of the things that they passed. Um, yeah, guys, I'm excited to see what we got going on here in this next episode. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I love doing this, guys. This is one of my passions. I love talking baseball. I love talking sports in general. Um, I can't, I don't, I don't just talk baseball. You know, I could talk football. I could talk anything else, golf, UFC. Those things are also my passion. So be sure to let me know if you guys have any other questions for me, hit me up on all my social medias is Matt 22 Contreras on all platforms. And if you're tuning into this podcast, make sure to go follow the boys don't lie podcast, TikTok. We have a lot of exclusive content out there from me, Owen, Samari and Tim. Um, Owen and Tim from the Owen show, you know, you got the mansion, you got boys don't lie. You have one of one, you have all these great shows out there. Be sure to go give those things a listen to, um, the Owen show just came out today as well. Um, so be sure to go check those things out. If they interest you, go check them out. I highly encourage every single one of them. And with that being said, guys, I will talk to you guys later. Thank you guys for tuning into this bonus episode. I love you guys. Have a great rest of your day. God bless.